We're so excited to be here on Do Less Bad, our inaugural podcast episode. I'm your co-host, Jason Anthoin. Uh, during the day, I run a consulting firm called Audacity. Uh, our whole goal is to help organizations inform and involve and inspire their employees. Uh, we do that uh, for Fortune 500 companies and also the less fortunate 5,000 uh, who need that type of support uh, and strategy uh, to help make their cultures and their employee experience better. I'm joined by my co-host, Madeline Temple. Madeline, tell us about it. Thanks, Jason. I'm the brand strategist behind Collective Identity, and in my di- my day job, I tell companies how to talk about who they are and what they do in a clear, simple, and true way. So this means a six-year-old or an 86-year-old should immediately understand what you do, be able to talk with you about it, and pass on your message word for word to others for free. Well, that is assuming they like you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> A lot of heavy work there we're both doing. So um, the idea behind this podcast is most companies and people for that matter don't really wake up every morning wondering how they can do something bad that day. How can we take something and make it even worse? But the reality is, is sometimes that's what ends up happening. So this whole podcast concept is about what can we do to do less bad in order to actually do more good. So how did we get here thinking about how companies can do less bad um, while trying to do more good? And it really stemmed from the business roundtable uh, about this time last year, came out with a statement on the what they think is the purpose uh, of a corporation. And it was a little bit different from how they have thought about this um, since the inception of that group. And importantly, this statement was signed by 181 CEOs who are members of that business roundtable. And essentially, they all agreed to you know, these six things. A company is all about delivering value to customers, investing in employees, dealing fairly and ethically with suppliers, supporting the communities in which they work and have operations, and generating long-term value for shareholders, essentially deciding that all of those stakeholders are uh, important uh, considerations when they're trying to decide how to behave, how to make decisions, and how to go to market, which is different than what they were doing previously, which is mainly being focused on actual shareholders. What can they do to drive more shareholder value? And I think... Uh, It's a fantastic uh, decision that they've come to that it's not just shareholders that matter. It's customers, it's employees, it's suppliers, it's all of our communities. Um, And on top of that, when we think about why that's now more important beyond just our shareholders is this whole rise um, in environmental, social, and governance, uh, commonly known as ESG, and also CSR reporting, where now... Um, these things which in the past may have been seen sort of as a fringe movement around environmental and social uh, justice and governance and things like that has now become uh, at the forefront. And so in our minds, those things have become much more important now, which is why, you know, the Business Roundtable came out with this statement 
about what they believe uh, is the true purpose of a corporation. And considering all the things that are going on, Madeline, it's it's essential, I think, for them to sort of reimagine uh, what they've thought all along. It absolutely is, because when we look at where we are today, right, we're in the pandemic of 2020, and it's easier to be virtuous when the economy profits are going your way, but it's a little bit more difficult when revenue can halve overnight, when it can nearly disappear. So we're seeing the effects of the pandemic of 2020. We're also seeing the effects of social unrest because there is inequality out there. And the events of 2020 have brought these issues to the forefront of public and private conversations globally. And that is part of what social and governance is about in the ESG that you just mentioned. Right. And so this whole idea around social media sort of being a microphone and a lens for everyone and you know, all the brands uh, getting a lot more attention, a lot more focus, particularly in areas where maybe they haven't before, All of that got the two of us to thinking about sort of why this concept around doing less bad uh, is important because there's so many broad things that go into that around corporate policies, uh, who works there, why they work there, what the workforce uh, uh, demographics look like, how all of our policies and procedures and operations are impacting the environment and those around us the role that companies have uh, in communities, all of those things are uh, incredibly difficult work and a lot harder uh, to, to actually do than it is to talk about. And so when we think about the idea of companies trying to do more good by doing less bad, I think it's important that they realize that it's not simply just a one and done decision. You know, you can't really change this type of behavior overnight. You absolutely can't. Whoever has tried to quit smoking or lose weight, you can't lose 20 pounds in a day. You can't give up smoking in a day. Or if you can, I want to know your secret. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's not just one and done decision. You know, there's you make one decision and there's a thousand more sort of behind that that you're now going to have to do to prove out uh, the thing that you just said uh, is important to you. So we'll be taking a look at the types of things that sort of go hand in hand with corporate change and making those types of changes uh, around your organization. Because when you think about, you know, your corporate brand and sort of what it's made up of, it's, it's, it's your employees and your products and your services. And you're selling those things to all of those stakeholders. You're, you're selling it to current employees and prospective employees. You're selling it to customers, obviously, but you're also selling that uh, to all of your other stakeholders and you're wanting them to, you know, have a relationship with you and your brand and your company. And so it's not just about the customers and it's not just about your shareholders. It's about all of those uh, stakeholders. Absolutely. You you can focus only on shareholders, but in the world we live in today, you are going to be called out if you ignore your employees, if you ignore your suppliers, if you ignore your partners, if you ignore your impact on the environment or the communities around you. Well, you know, it took, you know, if a company's been around for 50 years, it took 50 years for them to be sort of in the situation they're in now. And it's going to take, you know, a good amount of time to to pursue a different direction. And it's not the kind of thing that really happens overnight. And I think a lot of times companies don't really understand what they're signing up for when they make these types of pronouncements. I don't think they do. I think that the sentiment is in the right place. I think they truly mean well. 
I I have a former boss who I love to quote because his whole thing is give somebody the benefit of the doubt, assume they want to do good, right? Right. And I think let's give some of these companies, let's give most companies out there the benefit of the doubt that they want to do good. They don't wake up wanting to do bad. But to your point, if you're a 50-year-old company, if you're a 100-year-old company, and this is what got you to here now, just like you can't lose 20 pounds overnight, you can't make these changes immediately and expect them to be implemented. And not only to, but to also be felt emotionally, because this is the head and the heart, right? So you need to bring people along. And if you don't educate your workforce, if you don't educate your board, if you don't educate partners, suppliers, everybody else, then how are you going to be able to form a partnership with all of them? That's right. That's such an important point because it's it's an easy, rational decision to say, we're going to do this thing because it's the right thing to do. Uh, but it's that emotional component that really determines whether you get that buy-in from your leaders, from uh, your employees, from your customers, all of your uh, important stakeholders. And it's that emotional piece uh, that really sort of makes up the relationship that these uh, stakeholders have with the brand as much as it is the rational thing. And I think a lot of organizations kind of forget that step where, oh, we've made this pronouncement and so now everybody knows it. But the emotional side of that rational announcement is actually doing the things um, that create that emotional bond between the brand and and whatever those stakeholders are. Um, I, I, what a great point you brought up about being called out on social because you'll get called out on social if you do if you're not doing the right thing. Uh, and if you, in some, depending on how they look at you, if you're quote failing, but you'll also get called out if you are doing the right thing because you're not doing enough of it or you're not going far enough in, in whatever direction is they think you ought to go. So, you know, it's almost damned if you do damned if you don't, because you're going to get called out either way. Uh, but that's just, that's just how it is on social these days. And so I think our focus here is how can we get organizations to start thinking about looking at what your current policies are and how to make those better, but also how to stop doing some of the things that um, are that do kind of fall into that uh, quote bad category. So it's not just about doing more good, but it goes hand in hand with doing less bad. It does go hand in hand. And to your point about social media and anybody who's on it in a light way or is a heavy user, you will. there's going to be such a massive case of whiplash and of being whipsawed because to your point, you can't win this. You can do good, but then somebody else is going to find bad in what you're doing. It, it really makes me think of the quote, the path to hell is lined with good intentions. <laughs> That's exactly right. And so, you know, you're going to get called out if you're not trying to do good and you're going to get called out if you're doing everything to do good. And so and plus, uh, it's also a challenge because there's so many different definitions of what good is or what right is. Um, you know, there's no one you know true definition of those things. So maybe you're doing all, you know, 90 percent of the things you're doing are exactly right. But people are going to go, oh, great. Well, what about the other 10 percent? So it's almost like they're, you know, they're never really happy. Nobody is ever going to be 100% happy. I, I don't think it's possible. I don't think humans are built that way. And I think it's important to remember that companies are run by people. Hmm, and people right. are not perfect. And it took me the longest time to understand 
the corporation is not this monolithic entity. It's made of people and people make mistakes. And that's why at the beginning we said, I don't think people in general, in general, wake up every morning going, how can I screw something up? How can I make something really bad? That's exactly right. And so, you know, it's almost like, you know, one person decides one way or the other, and then it has a ripple effect across the organization. So when we when we start thinking about how to do less bad, um, what does that even look like? What What do we need to do as leaders in our organization, whether we're in branding or marketing or communications or HR or operations, you know, what are the types of things that we need to consider um, about how to do less bad? And what are the ripple effects of making those decisions, uh, both in terms of how that impacts the operations and, you know, how that impacts uh, externally with our customers and shareholders and, you know, other folks outside of the organization. So uh, there's a lot of things to consider here. There are. And I think first and foremost, before any individual department, marketing, finance, supply, before they can do anything, this has to come from top. This has to come from the CEO, from the executive leadership and in conjunction with the board of directors. Right. So there has to be a corporate willingness to want to do less bad. And again, whatever that may be, but it has to be supported and promoted by the CEO, the executive leadership team, that board of directors, because those three are going to set the tone for the entire company. If you don't have the support and the buy-in from any of those, your efforts are doomed before you even start. I think that's a great point because a lot of times organizations think that, you know, doing the right thing is really just a, an effort around marketing. You know, we, we're going to say we're going to do the right thing and we're going to market the hell out of that. Um, but the reality is, is that it really takes a huge commitment and that commitment starts at the top of the organization. You know, a lot of the work that I do is around <clears throat> executive communications and leadership communications. And so much of executive and leadership communications is symbolic it's not just what they're doing that uh, people are looking at, but it's how they're doing it and their commitment to that. And do they feel and do they look and feel genuinely uh, passionate about uh, whatever it is uh, that they're focused on? And so people are looking at that. So it's, it's, it's more than just saying that this is important. It's really about the doing it and sh and really showing and demonstrating that commitment across all of the decisions that that back up, you know, whatever direction it is that you're taking. Well, that's exactly right, because it's not simply, let, let me rephrase, once you make the decision on what areas you want to do less bad in, so you can do more good, then you need to understand all the additional decisions that have to be made to support them. This is not one and done. There's a thousand decisions that have to be made every day in support of that bigger idea. So for instance, if you decide to increase the number of women or people of color in your company, you decide that's an important thing when it comes within the area of ESG, social and governance. That's what you want to start doing. Great. But what does that mean for how your compensation changes? How do you handle recruiting? How do you bring in more people of color? How do you make sure that they can get past your ATS system? How do you make sure that when their name appears on a resume, there's no bias involved? There's no guessing, is this a man or a woman? Or what's their ethnicity? 
how do you handle community outreach to make sure that the community begins to understand you're a company that is supporting us? Let's make sure we get great people to you so you can remain an important part of our community. Right. And, you know, so many organizations start with the people they have on board and trying to move forward um, based on whatever decision is they've made. And obviously that's the right thing to do. But to your point, it really begins at the point of recruitment where you've decided that these are our mission, vision and values and this is our purpose. And here's uh, here's what we all believe as an organization. And that that starts at the very beginning of any type of relationship with potential employees from the career site to how you recruit uh, uh, certain types of people uh, for different types of roles in your organization. I think um, most seems like most human resources uh, functions think of employees just as a big group of, 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 of people. And actually, it's just, you know, it's a it's a bunch of different subgroups of different types of people who make up that workforce. And so when you think about how companies recruit and how they attract uh, different um, folks for different types of roles, uh, it really comes down to sort of imagining them as individuals and not as a big group. And so if you're looking for a particular type of individual, um, how are you recruiting that person? You know, where are you going where they already are instead of trying to get them to come to where you are and where you have always been? You know, what are you doing to try and reach them where they are um, so that you're beginning to, you know, build that relationship with them as individuals and you're carrying that through, you know, the entire recruiting process and then certainly once they're on board so that <clears throat> the organization isn't treating that relationship um, as if you're just, you know, a faceless, nameless uh, part of a, a giant organization, but you're an individual and what you bring to the table matters. Um, and we celebrate that, you know, your individuality as part of who we are as an organization. That's so difficult. It's just it, terribly difficult to do. And just because it's hard, though, doesn't mean that we shouldn't be trying to do that as an organization. That's right. And I promise you, you're not going to get it right 100% of the time because it's impossible. Good intentions can sometimes go bad or you make a great decision about doing this and it turns out that the way that you are currently handling outreach actually is hampering you, but you only find that out as you start the process. So you may hear about it on social media from somebody criticizing you, but you have to stay true to what your original plan was in terms of doing less bad And you have to be willing and able to make corrections as you go along. But in order to do that, there is a third point to all of this that every single person, well, the CEO, the leadership team needs to be aware of. And that is, is what you're doing to do less bad? Does that matter to your employees, to your customers, to your investors, to your partners? Do the stakeholders agree with all your plans? Are they willing to help you? Because if not, how willing are you to educate or to mitigate or to even marginalize these stakeholders who don't support your efforts? This isn't really about dictatorship, even though it feels like it should be, right? So a CEO has a great idea to do less bad, but there is a whole crew on his ship Mm. that he has he or she has to bring along with them. And so this is not simply about a dictate. It is a conversation and a dialogue 
to bring along everybody in your company and those who may not support what you're doing or personally may not agree, make sure that they're not going to sabotage your efforts. Right. You know, I think about uh, organizations that make decisions around, um, you know, environmentalism, for example. So, you know, maybe you run uh, a chicken company and what you found is that the market thinks that you should have, you know, free range chickens. Um, but if you do customer surveys, what you really find out is important is that they really want the price to say at, you know, $2.29 a pound. And the only way you can hit $2.29 a pound is if you don't have free range tickets. And so now you're going to get, you know, hit by uh, animal rights groups who really think you ought to have, you know, a little more. Uh, compassion around how you deal with uh, those livestock like that. But your customers are saying that ah, that sometimes doesn't really matter. So now you're kind of at a crossroads about what it is you're going to do. Is it more important for us to pursue this uh, free range chicken um, type of structure or does that not really matter uh, to the comp to the, our customers uh, as much as we thought it did? And so you know, a lot of times when you start raising these questions, they have unintended consequences that you're going to have to either fix or decide not to fix and then live with that decision. Um, I think a lot of times organizations where they sort of get crossways is when they decide to fix something one way or the other, but they haven't really thought through what the consequences are for each of those decisions and whether or not those consequences are okay. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. Um, but usually it's not as simple as just deciding one way or the other without even taking in consideration what those consequences might be. That's absolutely right. Because another area that we see a lot of companies coming out for in a very positive way are LGBTQ rights. But what some companies may not understand or, or be thinking about rather is there are going to be employees of yours who may, because of religious reasons, religious beliefs, may not be a full supporter of LGBTQ. It may actually bump up against their religious beliefs. You're never going to be able, I shouldn't say never, it's going to take a lot to get to change somebody's beliefs, their faith. But that doesn't mean you can't get them to support you, right? It's an agree to disagree. But to get to an agree to disagree, you still have to educate them on why this matters, why you're doing what you're doing, and that in no way is it meant to actually infringe upon their own beliefs. That's right. <clears throat> you know, it's almost like I don't know that we can get everyone to necessarily support us, um, but what can we do to at least get them to a neutral point um, so that they're not actively against us? Um, sometimes, you know, that's a that's a flavor of doing less bad. Um, where we know we can't get everyone to agree, but maybe we can get most of the people to at least be neutral about it um, so that um, we can start to do some good in, in certain areas, whether or not everyone absolutely 100% agrees uh, with what it is that we're trying to do. That's right, because this is where the earlier part of what I was talking about, how are you going to educate, mitigate, or, and I do use the word marginalize, but marginalize people who don't support you. Not to say they're gone, not to say that they don't play a role in your company, but just to understand where they're coming from and how you as a company feel 
about people who may not support all your policies. Where's the line you want to draw? What's acceptable and what's unacceptable? Right. And I think that's a great point, too. So as we wrap up here for this particular episode, three things really to kind of keep in mind uh, for how to start doing less bad. And and Madeline mentioned this earlier. You know, there's got to be a willingness to, to want to do less bad, particularly at the top of the organization whether that's uh, your C-suite or the executive leadership team or your board of directors, you know, it really starts there uh, and them really demonstrating their passion and commitment to doing that. Another key thing is once the areas that you've decided to do less bad are decided, understanding all the additional decisions that have to be made to support them. It's not a one decision and you're done, move on to the next one. It's all the the different ripple effects and all the different decisions that now have to be made to support the thing that you're trying to do less bad on. Right. And then the third area, of course, is who cares? In the areas where you've decided to do less bad, do, do they really matter to your all your stakeholders, your employees, your customers, investors, suppliers? Do they agree with those plans? Do they disagree with those plans? Does do they matter at all? You know, I think you've got to take all of those things into consideration, uh, and 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 pick the ones that are important to you and 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 your company and your culture. Absolutely. Thank you, mom and dad, for listening to our first podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, you got to start small. Um, but we would love to hear your comments and continue the conversation on social. So you can hit us anywhere you see us on Twitter and Instagram, which turns out to be at do underscore less underscore bad at both Twitter and Instagram. So both of these handles, please use them and you can leave any questions or comments there. Or if you have any suggestions for topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, leave them there. Thanks so much, Madeline. We're looking forward to next uh, episode, which is about helping employees working from home, dealing with isolation. How does that impact uh, recruiting? How does that impact your culture? How does that impact uh, communications between leaders and managers and frontline employees? We'll be looking at all of that uh, on our next episode. We hope you will join us uh, for that. Uh, Thank you again for joining us today. Well, you've made it through our first episode of Do Less Bad, that podcast about how companies can do less bad in order to do more good. Check us out at dolessbad.com. Until next time, stop fretting over doing more good and just do less bad.